Well, good morning, everybody. Um, it's uh, great to be here with the, the faithful saints uh, of, of God, uh, coronavirus or not, um, it, we're here. And uh, earlier on in the week, um, Ryan sent out a text to the pastors and, and deacons saying um, he'd been see, receiving a lot of calls and texts about uh, today's, this morning's service. And uh, he said, not for the reasons you thought uh, of coronavirus, but because people had caught word that I was preaching. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully I can, uh, I can uh, prove Brian wrong this morning, and, uh, and uh, we, uh, we hope that uh, particularly that you experience Jesus this morning. That's what we're all about here, is we want you to know the love of God and the security of and faithfulness that God has towards you. So whatever you may be feeling on the outside today, um, know that there is a God that pursues you, loves you, and is for you in the midst of fear. So I just want to, I want to say that this morning. Um, I've, uh, as you know, it's been spring break, and, uh, but I, I still work during spring break, and, uh, and so uh, I had a pretty rough start to the uh, to spring break this week. Um, so m- some of you may have gone skiing or Disneyland or wherever it may have been. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, I was out in a field with a trailer, and uh, it began with a stressful day, a particularly bad day at the office. Um, uh, anyone else have have the, a bad day at the office? Just just me, just me. Okay. Uh, I was driving a trailer um, with a pickup uh, with some, uh, a big liquid tank on it. Uh, if you don't know, I, uh, we, we fertilize and spray fields um, as part of my job in, in the ag industry. And uh, I came across this gate, um, and uh, uh, I bent the gate. Uh, that was a great start. But you know what happened? What else happened during that day? Um, I was making another delivery. And uh, I was backing up to, and for those of you who've got pickups with a flatbed and they've got mud flaps on the back, I was backing up to uh, a, a garage on a steep incline like this. And, uh, and I was reversing. And I think I, I didn't have it in four-wheel drive. And I tried to reverse, and there was a little dip, and the mud flap got caught under the, under the tire and sucked it under. Uh, so I broke that. And then on my way back, there was something underneath uh, the car that fell off. Uh, as well. So that was a really good day, Monday. It was a, like, my boss was really happy with me that day. Um, so, uh, there, but there were lots of little things that just caused it to be uh, a stress, stressful day. And you could say that uh, my patience levels uh, were not the greatest uh, on Monday. Uh, again, anyone else, anyone else experience that? You all have great days every day, right? Uh, okay. Um, but maybe you've experienced bad or stressful days uh, Maybe your kids are stressing you out. Maybe your spouse or your, your partner is, is stressing, you know, maybe it was on the way to church this morning. Um, uh, maybe it's some friends that may have uh, annoyed you and your patience levels have been, have been low. What about coronavirus? <laughs> I'll just leave that image there. Um, a lot of fear has, has crept in 
some of it warranted and some of it not. Uh, we've also seen uh, some of the good that can come out of it. People checking on neighbors, people being generous with supplies, uh, vulnerable people's needs being addressed. Um, there's, uh, there is some good stuff that's coming out of this. And uh, just we need to be aware, particularly as Ryan's already said, as, as the body of Christ to be looking out for those that are in need. Uh, but, it, but they've been addressed with people, I know with all these extended breaks, uh, just talking about extended breaks, when, uh, when my children heard that they, was, they were having an extra week off school, there was like the high pit. yeah, there's some claps over there. Um, there's uh, the, high, the highest pitch scream came from Henry. I've got, four, I've got three daughters and a, and a son, and Henry had the highest pitch of all of them. And uh, he was very excited, so kids are going to be excited. But we've all been forced to take a breather or a check, checking our life, the reality of what, what is going on around us and, and looking out. Maybe you're stressing over people... Um, washing their hands or not washing their hands, uh, uh, or touching you, breathing on you. Uh, maybe you feel like that uh, just on a regular basis anyway. Maybe you just ran out of toilet paper or Lysol. Uh, this, these are stressful things right now. These are really stressful things. Uh, and we've, we've seen on the media and the news uh, the crazy lengths that people go to. I heard about HEB. People were like barging one another when the doors open to get to the toilet paper. I mean, ridiculous. And so, but, but Why? The question is, why? Why do we get to this thing? Because people want to preserve their life or preserve their family's life. And there's nothing wrong with that, but when taken to the extreme, you see craziness come in. And so just an FYI, you should always be worried about people washing their hands, okay? Uh, you know, just, I'm glad that we're doing songs and teaching prayers while we're washing our hands, okay? But this is a really, really, you, you should always be worried about that. But here where we see, and what I'm saying is that the stress, the stress of situations can lead to impatience. And what does impatience lead to? It leads to unwise decisions, quick fixes, and most importantly, sometimes, maybe, just maybe, it goes against the will of God and what He wants for our lives. And so in Genesis 16, which is the passage I'm going to be, if you want to turn to that, uh, you can. There should be a Bible in front of you. If you want to look on your phone on the, on the Bible app, if you've got whatever Bible app you want. Genesis 16, we, uh, we see a similar story. We see the story of marital stress and what other people thought dictated their decision. Rather than making their, trusting the promise and the faith in, in the Lord, for their lives, they, they chose to do it themselves. But even though they mess up, even though they make bad decisions, even though it may seem unwise to us, God still redeems the situation. And here, and, and I was telling Ryan this this morning, I was like, this is such a great passage because it echoes the gospel so well, and, uh, and you're going to see as we go through that. Uh, so I pose this question to you this morning. Who is your faith in, and do you really trust God's promise over your life? So let's jump into the story, uh, starting at verse 1. Abram's wife, Sarai, 
uh, had not borne any children for him, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sarai said to Abraham, Since the Lord has prevented me from uh, bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her I can build a family. And Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. So Abraham's wife Sarai took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband Abraham as, he, as a wife for him. This happened after Abraham had lived in the land of Canaan for ten years. He slept with Hagar and she became pregnant. When she saw that she was pregnant, her mistress became, became contemptible to her. Then Sarai said to Abraham, You are responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and when she saw that she was pregnant, I became contemptible to her. May the Lord judge between me and you. Abraham replied to Sarai, Here, your slave is in your power. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarai mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. So who are the main characters in this story? We've got Abraham, Sarai, Hagar, and, uh, and eventually uh, Ishmael will come into it. So we have Abraham, who's God's anointed. And uh, Ryan was explaining last week about the Abrahamic covenant and what the covenant that was between Abraham and, and God. The son of promise. The covenant was named after him. Blessed to be a blessing. Abraham. And he was married to Sarai. Faithful wife who had been, who had, who had gone through some embarrassment in Egypt and gone along with uh, Abraham's plan to, uh, to be his sister instead of his wife, and all the implications of that. And then we have Hagar, the Egyptian slave girl, who was uh, most likely a part of the leaving package uh, when Pharaoh dismissed them from the land of Egypt. She was probably, may have, you know, may have been one of the, the slaves that was sent with them. And so caught in the middle of uh, Abraham and Sarai's desperation for a child, Hagar is there in this, in this dysfunctional family. And finally, Ishmael is born into this dysfunctional family. And so here we see the, the Sarai's predicament and plan. And at some point in all of our lives, we have been presented with a problem. And what we learn in Sunday school or, or in the Bible is that we should first seek the Lord, right? Whenever there's a, whenever there's a problem, we should, we should pray and seek, seek the Lord's guidance. But in Sarai's case, she thought that she had the best solution to her problem. The predicament was that she was barren, we couldn't have a baby, and rather than wait and be patient for the Lord to move, she took things into her own hands. Now, we've all been there, haven't we? We've been in that, not necessarily barren, but, but actually we've been waiting on something, waiting for something to happen, some kind of breakthrough. We've had prayer meetings. We've had, we put extra posts on Facebook and Instagram asking people to pray, desperate pleas. And what often sometimes the Lord says, nothing. What do we do in those situations? And this is how Sarai felt. To be barren in that culture in those days was humiliating. They had already done the, um, the conventional method with the adoption of uh, Eliza, I think is how you say it, back in chapter 15, verse 2, if you want to look at that. But she wanted her own child. 
So Sarah makes the suggestion that Abraham sleep with their slave girl, Hagar, so that the, shame, the shamefulness of, of barrenness could be removed and that she could be a mother. So Hagar and Abraham agreed, and, uh, and then Hagar became pregnant. As was in the custom in those days, uh, the slave's mistress, um, and not the mother, had uh, jurisdiction over the, over the child, which is a weird thing, but it, that was just how it happened. Uh, whose right of inheritance was, the, the right of inheritance was uncertain until the child was legally adopted. So to complicate matters, Sarai com- was confused if the child would be a son of the promise and if, uh, if they were, you know, if, if they used this method, would, would uh, the child still be under God's promise? So there was some real confusion that Sarai had. And she, once she'd made that decision, you see in the story that she was upset. And maybe she shouldn't have done that. Maybe she should have waited. But what do we all do when we've done something that we shouldn't? How do you respond when you know, maybe someone tells you the truth, that Jancy is my voice, uh, is the Holy Spirit voice often in my life, uh, and will tell me the truth. Um, anyone, anyone else in that? It, no, just me. Okay, and not Jancy, but uh, our wives uh, often uh, speak truth. And, and what, uh, I'm just talking to the guys here, when when uh, your wife speaks some truth into you, how do you respond? Uh, are, you, are you joyful and happy? Oh, yay, I, I love that you told me that, that I was not doing something right or uh, that you made her mad or I'm not talking about this morning. Uh, and so, uh, and, uh, but, but we get defensive. I, I get defensive, I don't know about you. Um, and, and Sarai is, is, is no different. She points the finger and blames Abraham in verse 5. You are responsible for my suffering. So she has done something that she knows probably wasn't the best decision to make, and yet she's pointing the finger. Hagar, who is also a key part of this story, on the other hand, was led into this uh, arrangement uh, with false expectations. And she was now on the end of some serious mistreatment by Sarai because Sarai was jealous. No wonder we see in this story in, in verse 7, uh, sorry, verse 6, uh, that she chose uh, to run away. And so let's, if we go back to the, uh, the story, let's look at, back at verse 7. The angel of the Lord found her a, a, by a spring. I think, David, there's, a, there's some slides that come up. There you go. Uh, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring um, on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She replied, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, go back to your mistress and submit to her authority. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your offspring, and they too will be, uh, they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, you have conceived and you will have a son. You will name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. This man will be like a wild donkey. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand 
will be against him. He will settle near all his relatives. So she named the, the place, uh, named the Lord who spoke to her, you are El Roy. For she said, in this place have I actually seen the one who sees me? This, uh, that is why the well is called Bir Lahai Roy. It is between Kadesh and Bered. Now I love this about God. He sent an angel into the wilderness to find someone who logically in our eyes has done something terrible and shameful. But not only does the angel offer instruction, he also um, comforts Hagar with a promise. As we see in verse 10, I will greatly multiply your offspring. Here we see that Ishmael, and his name means God hears, is a part of the promise. Not the Abrahamic covenant, but he is sealed with God's promise. Ishmael, for those of you who are wondering, is included in the greatest story ever told. And he has his part in the story all because God sees and hears Hagar's cries. Now let me pose the question to you. Do you believe that he hears your cries? Do you believe that you can come back to him? When you answer those questions or begin to wrestle with those questions, you can come into God's promise and again and again and, uh, and, and life will prevail. Now, I'm going to share a, a story, of, a personal story. I was in the, the wilderness myself, like Hagar. I mean, I was, I was running away a couple of years ago. And I, it was before we came to this church, and I had become numb to, to God, to the, the promptings of God, the voice of God, and was trying to do some things on my own. Um, when, I, when I moved to Texas, um, I, for those of you who don't know, I was a pastor in England. Um, and then at, at some point when we moved here, I knew I wanted to be in ministry and wanted to do some uh, preaching or leading worship, whatever it was. But um, I knew I had to wait. I didn't want to wait. I wanted to be like Sarah. I wanted to have a quick fix and kind of figure out ways that I could do it. But the Lord, I knew I had to wait, and the Lord would say uh, when it was time. And often, through, through, uh, through my mind, I often, does anyone else get inside their head, and like, you tell yourself things that probably aren't true, but you believe them? Um, that was kind of what was happening to me uh, around a couple of years ago. I was like, I was telling myself that you're never going like you're never going to preach again, you're never going to lead worship again, you're not going to do all this stuff um, because because you're done with that. And I started to believe that because of some of I won't go into the whole detail of it, but just some of the history um, prior to us coming here um, had had affected me, and so. Um, I was going to church, I mean, I was going to church, I was getting my weekly fix, but I wasn't doing anything to develop my relationship 
and purpose in the Lord. And like Hagar, I really wanted to run away from it all. Screw church, screw, screw it. I'm, I'm happy just, I want to live my life. I want to have, have my Sundays off. Want me time. Don't want to do it. I'm done. That was my attitude. And Jance can attest, can, can, you know, attest to that. And church had become monotonous. I was just going through the motions. There's a song that has that as well, just going through the motions. But surely there was more. And, uh, and I busied myself. I busied myself with, with activities outside of the church. Because I, that was what I... I was like, well, if, if I'm not going to do stuff in the church, then I'm just going to busy myself with stuff outside the church. So I volunteered for all sorts of different things. I started a radio show and... Uh, uh, some of you are uh, happy that that's, already, that that's gone now. Um, and then, uh, uh, some of you are not. Um, and then, but I busied myself. But, and it was, it was amazing, and this is again, this is like what's amazing about God, is even if you're in the darkest place, or in the lowest place, God sees you, and He hears you. And, and it was, it was, it was, and, it, and God used our kids to bring us back. Um, and we were out, I was, in my mind I was in the wilderness, and, and we came, the kids came to VBS here, at the, like two years ago, I think, was it 2017, 18, that's, yeah, that's two, um, and, uh, and at the end of that week, they have the VBS block party. You all know that. And, um, and Jancy and I were, we were just at a, at a crossroads. And I know he's not going to want the credit, but he's going to get it anyway. Um, Mike Shields came over to us. He saw us. He spoke to us. And he, he invited us to church, which was like, well, don't you know that like we already go to church and do all that? But it was like, it was just this 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 sense of like that didn't matter. He was like, it was just the love of 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 God was just pouring out, and and so Jancy and I prayed, and uh, we felt like I think there's something here we need to explore, and I, and and when we prayed, that I felt like the Lord. Was, was telling us to make a change. To make a change. And, to, and I was heading off, or we, I was leading our family down this path, away from God, just like Hagar. And like God sent Mike, who's back there, and uh, as an angel, I, I, I believe, to... And just God spoke through him to, to help us to repent, which, which literally means to change direction, to turn around and head back towards the Father. And um, so we accepted the, the invitation and we love the community here. But more importantly, the, the sense of God's presence that is here amongst his people. Have you, have you all felt that? Have you felt that? 
You may not have felt it physically with the hug this morning, um, but uh, some of you might be glad about that. Um, but I, had a w- I was asleep over there. I was in a slumber. And God steered me and my family back. Uh, and now I'm back, you know, I'm leading worship and, and got ordained again. Um, and so some of you today might be in that slumber you might be where I was a couple of years ago. But God wants you to know that he sees you and he hears your cry in the secret place. And where is that secret place? Is in our hearts. So I, I encourage you to awake and arise from your slumber and start being intentional with your relationship with the Lord. Now, he may send someone to you and if he does... Don't ignore it. Do not ignore it. Because God always has a way of giving us an opportunity to come to Him. And, and, and today might be that day. But I, I just encourage you, do not ignore God's, God's uh, voice. And so, if we go back to our story, Hagar saw the error of her ways by running away from the situation into the wilderness. Hagar was humble enough to realize she needed to turn back to God and God lovingly brought her back. But also, so for me, I remember, so Jancy and I remember Mike coming to talk to us. And here we see in scripture that Hagar wanted to remember the place where God met her. So if you look back, uh, back in in the, in the scriptures, uh, verse, if we start at verse 13. So she named the Lord who spoke to her, you are El Roy. For she said, in this place uh, have I actually seen the one who sees me. That is why the well is called Beer Lahai Roy. It is between Kadesh and Bered. Now what does uh, Beer Lahai Roy mean? Uh, it means the well of the living one who sees me. The well of the living one who sees me. That was the place that Hagar's new life began. That was the place, and she wanted to remember it. That was the place of transformation. That was the place that her life got turned around, and she headed back to face the reality of what God had in store for her. She accepted the promise of God. And God is the God who does not turn uh, back from his promise. We often, as, uh, as, as, as is our nature, we want to run away from him. But God wants us to turn back to him and submit to his authority. So uh, there's, there's going to be a slide that comes up um, that asks about what steps uh, can I take to lead me to a promise of new life. And I'm just going to quickly run through them. But if, as you're reading them, you might find you're somewhere on one of these steps. So number one, surrender your life to the Lord. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again so you could have life to the full. That's the most important one. Just that you have a relationship with Jesus. Number two, admit when you're wrong. Get pride out of the way. Say, I'm, I've messed up, I'm wrong. Number three, choosing to take a step of faith. Get, get baptized, tell people, uh, tell everyone you're a Christian. Number four, receive life or promises through prayer. His word, his word, this is full of promises. 
that are about you. Not just me, not just people that have lived 2,000 years ago. Today, and also people around you. Get involved in community. The saints around you means the church. Five, maybe you're in a difficult situation. Maybe you're in a difficult home life. I don't know what y'all are going through. Uh, All of y'all. But but face the reality of the situation, whatever it may, may be. And WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? We all wear the bracelet. The what? It, you know. What would he do in that situation? Number six. This is the steps of discipleship. Walk humbly in, in step with God. Grow in your faith. Great place to do that is life connection groups, or as my, as I, uh, as I renamed our group last week, the John Hills Abuse Group. Um, uh, you can do that in our life group. You can abuse me if you want to. Um, or there's other life groups. There's Eddie's life group and uh, and the faith faith class, the faith life group, um, and, and uh, Chris's as well, Chris Armstrong, uh, the salt group. So there's lots of, lots of ways to get, to grow in your faith. And then this is the most important thing is, is so when we get flat in our faith and, 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 and faith is monotonous, is because we're not growing, we're not, we're not externalizing what we're learning. And so number seven is teach others to do the same. You will grow massively if you have to teach someone <laughs> Uh, how to explain how the, the word is written or how to live a life as a Christian in the workplace or in school or college or wherever you may be. You, you kind of have to know what, you, what you're doing. And so, um, so teaching others to do the same is a, is a great, great way of growing in our faith. And so just as you look at those, what step are you on? Where are you at on that? Is there something that you need to, to address with those? And so lastly, we have uh, Hagar returned, enriched by her experience. Uh, she had had the wonderful protection and care of the Lord and knowing that she was not far away. Um, and so she went to tell Abraham about their son, Ishmael. Here we have in verse 15. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar, Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Whew, I'm so glad I wasn't 86 when I had my, my first child. Uh, and uh, wow, he must, have, he must have really had a lot of life. Um, but this was what Abraham had waited for, a son. Finally uh, bore to him via an un- unconventional process. But this is God. You, you'll see this all throughout Scripture that God uses unconventional processes to get, bring about His purpose. So He will take extraordinary circumstances and brings it back on track in accordance with His Word, His will, and His purpose. And I'm sure if we look at the story of Jesus, I'm sure He could have lived a very long, comfortable life, you know, in some cave somewhere, just writing Scriptures and spreading the message maybe healing people. But God the Father knew the promises of Scripture needed to be fulfilled. Jesus would have to die. Why? Why would He have to die? So that you and I could be given the greatest promise of all. Salvation and relationship with God forever and a day. So where are you today? Who is your faith in? 
Where does your trust lie? Are you like Sarai, trying to come up with solutions in your way, in your time? Do you need to trust the Lord again, like I did a couple of years ago? Are you like Hagar in the wilderness? Is today the day where you turn back towards the Lord and face the reality of your situation and let the Lord determine your steps? And a particularly poignant passage of Scripture that I want to close with is in Deuteronomy 31.6. It says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. So do you trust God's promise? Do you trust, really trust God's promise? Uh, let's, let's stand together. And we're going to do, um, rather than just me standing up here on my own, I'm going to make it really easy for you to respond. If I could have the deacons up here and just kind of spread yourselves, if there's any deacons here this morning, uh, pastors, um, and, uh, hang on a sec, um, uh, just, we can often let this time go by without responding, and I, I've done that many times. Um, but if there's something you really want to to just talk to someone about, particularly today, everything's confidential that, that these guys you share with these guys. But um, just if you need prayer today for any reason, maybe you need to turn back to him. Just just do it today. Let's let's. Uh, Let's, let's be intentional about what we're doing this morning, and particularly in these times where there's, there's fear. And, uh, and you won't be judged, um, but, it's, but let's, let's, let's come back to him. And uh, if you want to talk to someone and pray, they, all these guys are ready to pray with you. Uh, maybe you're struggling with something, but uh, maybe you want to trust in him again. Uh, but let's, uh, let's be intentional about that this morning. So I'm going to pray. And if you want to do that as the song is playing, then you can. Uh, but if you, if you don't want to come forward, but you, you can still respond where you're at um, as well, because God isn't just at the front here. Um, so uh, he, he, is, he is where you are as well. So let's, let's pray together. Father, I ask that you would pour out your, your spirit, Lord Jesus, and, and Father, that you would bring us back to you. And Lord, the, the promise that you speak over our lives is that you will never leave us or forsake us for those that trust in you. And so Jesus, I pray that we would trust in you again. Help us to do that this morning as we respond to you.
love you and we thank you that uh, we can come to you in this way and Lord we we know that the uh, the future is uncertain in worldly terms but with you uh, we are certain of what what we have in you and so Lord as we as we go from this place may we shine as a light for you in this world may we uh, mourn with those who mourn rejoice with those who rejoice and Lord, help us to practically show the love of you to many people today. And we ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.